Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You, and we've been talking the last couple of weeks about the importance of teaching the Holocaust. And so I'm bringing on to the program educators and scholars that are doing the good work in the Christian Academy and the primary, secondary, and higher education uh, that are teaching the Holocaust and the importance of understanding and having an awareness of what took place in the Holocaust. Last week we spoke with Joy Lucius, who was a public school teacher for 23 years. She's now a staff writer at the American Family Association recently wrote a book for children, Rose and Odette, the story of uh, two French Jewish uh, sisters that perished in the Holocaust. And she's writing books now about the children of the Holocaust for uh, young readers, about the 1.5 million people, including children like Anne Frank, who perished in the Holocaust. So we have a special guest today all the way from Chicago, Illinois at Wheaton College, Billy Graham's alma mater, and we're going to introduce Diane in just a second. But we want to talk about the great importance, especially today, for Holocaust education uh, during an alarming decline of support for Israel among U.S. evangelical millennials ages 18 to 29. A May 2021 survey administered by the Barna Group and commissioned by researchers at the University of North Carolina at Pembroke shows that between 2018 and 2021, favorable support for Israel has been literally cut in half. And so if we continue on that trend within 10 years, think about this, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel. We recently did a survey on a major Christian university. I've talked about this before. And we interviewed students with a few questions. The first one was, what was the Holocaust? Half of the students did not know. The second question, who was Adolf Hitler? Again, only half the students had enough knowledge to connect him to the Jewish genocide. In the remaining questions, we found a surprising, breathtaking, really, lack of historical understanding of the murder of six million Jews during the Holocaust. And this example is indicative of a much larger problem. The study of the Holocaust is not prioritized in Christian primary, secondary, and higher education. Thankfully, some schools include Holocaust studies in their curriculum, but there is so much more we need to do. In September 2020, the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany released the U.S. Millennial Holocaust Knowledge and Awareness Survey, a 50-state survey examining Holocaust awareness among millennials and Generation Z, the first of its kind in the United States. And here's a few of the findings, really shocking. 63% of millennials in the United States do not know that 6 million Jews were murdered in the Holocaust. 59% of those surveyed believed another Holocaust is possible. 48% could not name one of the 40,000 concentration camps like Auschwitz, uh, or ghettos developed during the Holocaust. 
58% could not define the meaning of the name Auschwitz-Birkenau. 11% overall believed Jews were responsible for causing the Holocaust. In New York State, for example, 19% believed Jews caused the Holocaust. 49% have viewed Holocaust denial posts on social media. 30% of those surveyed described seeing Nazi propaganda on social media or in their community. A hopeful finding in the survey found that 80% of the respondents believed Holocaust education must be prioritized to prevent another Holocaust from happening. And there's many, many reasons why we need to teach Holocaust studies, especially in Christian primary, secondary, and in higher education. And so coming on the program today to talk about the issue of the importance of Holocaust education is Dr. Diane Martin. Dr. Martin is the Assistant Professor of English and Education at Wheaton College. She also teaches Holocaust literature in the English department. Diane is a Senior Research Fellow at the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy, known as ISGAP, based at the Wolf Institute at Cambridge University in the United Kingdom. She recently presented at the Scholars Conference uh, entitled The Holocaust and the Churches at the University of Texas at Dallas. So Diane is a master teacher and educator in the evangelical world. And we want to welcome you today, Diane, to Israel and you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Aaron, for having me, and thank you for those kind uh, superlatives. <laughs> I hope I could live up to them, but it oh, is a on. pleasure to be here with you this morning. <clears throat> yeah, so Diane uh, is my hero in, in, um, in, in this academic world. I'm, I'm not an academic, but Diane is, is just a great leader, academic. And so this summer, I actually met Diane several years ago at a uh, Shabbat dinner on a Friday night at a mutual friend uh, in, in Chicago. She and her husband, Tom, Tom teaches English. He's the head of the English department at Wheaton College, also is a C.S. Lewis scholar, an amazing, amazing man. And uh, so Diane and I, uh, this past summer, uh, Diane's husband, Tom, and Diane and my wife, Sharon, and I, we traveled to the U.K., and uh, I got to tag along with Diane. We presented at uh, ISGAP, the Institute for the Study of Global Antisemitism Policy, at uh, Oxford University for about 10 days. It was just a great experience. And then we, we co-taught a class this, uh, this winter for about a month at Cambridge University online uh, for the Wolf Institute, uh, ISGAP's um, online curriculum for the Wolf Institute at Cambridge. And so Diane is just a, a wonderful person that's, that's so passionate about teaching the Holocaust. So Diane, tell us your story. What, what is your driving passion to teach the Holocaust in higher Christian education? I really began becoming passionate about teaching the Holocaust in 1999, which is my very first year of teaching um, in, in Miami, Florida, actually. And I was given this book, Night, Ellie Wiesel's Night, and it was I was transfixed. Um, the mm. book just absolutely captured my heart and my mind, and I wanted to teach it and teach it well. So 
Um, I delved into everything I could find about it. I had I w didn't yet have a master's degree or the PhD. I was teaching in a high school, but I was using my rudimentary research skills to examine the history behind you know this the slim little volume that was so incredibly powerful, and mm. so that began my journey into Holocaust literature. I can't I don't even I think it was required reading. I was teaching tenth grade honors class English class. I think it was required reading, and I think that was my introduction to the Holocaust. And, you know, in, a, in more than just a passing familiarity. Uh, and so I then was fortunate enough to be granted a scholar in residency at the University of Miami's Holocaust Institute, Summer Institute with Dr. Miriam Klein Kasanoff. And that absolutely expanded my world and my vistas in terms of the literature to unimaginable um, uh, breadths and depths. I, I had no idea, you know, here I was teaching night, I was doing all this research. And I thought I knew everything there was to know about the Holocaust. I knew nothing. <laughs> My mm. knowledge was a tiny grain of sand compared to what was out there. And so one of the great gifts I received from the University of Miami's um, Institute on Holocaust Studies was the history, the long history of anti-Semitism and the incredible traumas to which Jews have been exposed for centuries, centuries, that goes back as far as 1750 BC. Um, and a lot of people don't know that, they're not aware, they think the only thing that ever happened to Jewish people happened in World War II, you know, and that's that's just the tip of an iceberg, World War II. Um, there's so much more there. And so I just have, for some reason, God has just placed in my heart, has always placed in my heart, this tremendous affinity for Jewish people and Judaism. I've always been fascinated by Judaism, its relationship to Christianity. I read a wonderful book. Uh, it's called Christianity is Jewish. I don't remember the author and it was well, 25 years ago, I think I read that book. But for me, and I don't remember what was in that book, but I do remember, you know, in specifics, but I do remember the amazing connection that the author made between you know the the two religions the abrahamic religions i know there are three but she was specifically talking about judaism and christianity so that really got me excited about what i was learning and wanting to i'm one of those people who's like if i if i eat something that's amazing i want you to try it if i right. you know learn something that i think is incredible i want you to know it so i think that's the teacher's heart we like to share knowledge and so i wanted everybody to know like this is important um, we need to consider how a supposedly civilized government can engage in such barbaric atrocities. How do we ensure that such a thing never occurs again? We need to learn from the past, as I've heard you say many times, Aaron, I, I think it's Santayana's quote, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name, but those who don't, um, don't, those who don't learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. Right. And I want people to understand, you know, this recognition of Jews as God's chosen people, what does that mean? What does that mean historically? What does that mean for religion? What does that mean in the culture? What does it mean for Jews? Um, so these are the reasons why I became very passionate about teaching Holocaust literature. And it was really funny because um, I, you know, my name is spelt in a strange way. It's D-Y-A-N-N-E. -N -N -E, and I always was angry about them my whole life. Like, why couldn't you have just made me Jane or something simple? Because <laughs> people have butchered my name. They're like, Dwayne. I'm like, no, I'm a girl. I promise. It's Diane. <laughs> they look at the Y and they see Dwayne. So I always, hmm. that always kind of bothered me. Like, why did I have to have such a complicated name? So I asked my father, I'm Jamaican. And so, you know, Jamaica is a little island in the Caribbean. It is nowhere near Israel. And I asked my father, who I said, Dad, why did you have to spell my name this way? Because he's the one who named me. 
and he said, well, I named you after the Israeli general Moshe Dayan. And I thought, wow. wow. I said, I love my name now. I'll keep it. <laughs> suddenly, I love my name. <laughs> suddenly, I love my name. And I that thought is great. that was, it, it was a really interesting, what I call God dot for me, because I had had this long-standing passion for Judaism and Jewish people and Holocaust literature, and I had no idea that I had been named after an Israeli, this, you know, um, towering figure in Israeli culture and history, Moshe Dayan. And so that was a neat thing for me. And then another cool God dot for me was I found out, I don't know, a few years ago, um, I did the Ancestry DNA thing and found out that I have 2% of Jewishness in me. Hey. <laughs> so I know, <laughs> it's only two, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Shalom Aleichem. <laughs> Speaking so about good. loving food, Diane, uh, Sharon <laughs> and I, my wife, we were up in Chicago, I don't know, a month ago, and... Uh, you and Tom and Sharon and I, we went out to dinner at Greek Town in Chicago. And the waiter came up and said, are you ready for dessert? And you and Tom said, you've got to try this cake. And it was across town, across, you know, the loop area of Chicago onto the north side. And we got in the car and schlepped all the way over to this restaurant because Diane said, you've got to, you've got to taste. So when you talk about you, you taste food and you want, you want the whole world to taste it, what was the name of that restaurant? We'll give it a plug, Diane. What was the name? Uh, it is called... The Blue Door? The Blue is that Door. It? The Blue oh, Door Garden Kitchen or something like that. It's amazing. Aye, Wasn't aye, it amazing? Do it I was lie? amazing. I told you. <laughs> you didn't lie. lie. What was the name of the cake that was the best cake? Hummingbird uh, Cake. Rondo. Wow. Highly recommend it. <clears throat> So, it was awesome. I'll go back there again. Yeah. Well, it's okay, always so get, a pleasure to spend time with you and Sharon. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> and you and Tom as well. And, and we went to Oxford with you guys and, and C.S. Lewis Scholar. I mean, we're walking down the streets, having our picture taken in front of, uh, what, the pub where C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien met every day to, to discuss their, their literature. That was pretty so, neat. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It so, was an absolute privilege to present with you, Aaron. You are um, one of the brightest, most intelligent men that I know, and your overwhelming knowledge of this issue and your passion to fight anti-Semitism, I stand in so much respect and awe of that. I'm just so grateful to you because I didn't even know about the history, the deep history of historical Christian anti-Semitism until I met you. So thank you for the information that you have passed along and that you keep doing, passing along through your show. Well, I agree with you. You know, when you start studying the Holocaust, it's like just a little grain of sand that I have, you know, just uh, it's like there's so much understanding that I, that I need, uh, you know, in the, my future. But when we come back uh, to the program, we're going to continue to talk with Diane about what she sees transformed in the lives and the hearts of students after her course, uh, which I was able to sit in on uh, last fall at Wheaton College, what really happens in the life of students. So we'll talk to you again, Diane, on the other side of the break. See you in just a second. Hi, I'm Aaron Free, president of Israel Team Advocates. And there's an alarming decline today in the support of Israel among U.S. evangelical millennials ages 18 to 29. A May 2021 survey administered by the Barna Group shows that between 2018 and 2021, favorable support for Israel has been cut in half from 75% to 35% among evangelical millennials 
in the United States. If this trend continues, evangelicalism will be anti-Israel in just a few short years. And remember that young Christians today will be the leaders of tomorrow. Israel team recently conducted interviews with students at a major evangelical university concerning their understanding of the Holocaust. The answers were troubling. To the first question, what was the Holocaust? Half of the students did not know. To the second question, who was Adolf Hitler? Again, only half of the students had knowledge enough to connect him to the Jewish genocide. In the remaining questions, we found a surprising, breathtaking, really, lack of historical understanding of the murder of six million Jews during the Holocaust. This example is indicative of a much larger problem. The study of the Holocaust is not prioritized in Christian primary, secondary, and higher education. And there's so much more that we can do. You can help Israel Team today by going to israelteam.org and clicking the donate button and your tax-deductible gift today will help us in pushing back against this growing narrative of anti-Israelism within the evangelical millennial community. So go to israelteam.org and stand with us today. We're building a bridge for the coming generation, and it's so important that we build that bridge. So help us today at israelteam.org. That's israelteam.org. This is Israel in You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel in You. We're talking with Dr. Diane Martin, who's assistant professor at uh, of English at Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. Billy Graham's alma mater, a great evangelical voice in this generation. And Diane, you teach Holocaust studies, so give us a breakdown of your class curriculum that you teach there at Wheaton College. What do you teach? Sure, absolutely. Um, when I teach my Holocaust literature course, I start with the very long history of anti-Semitism. So I take students all the way back to, well, first we discuss etymology, right? What is the word Holocaust? What does it mean? Where does it come from? Um, I start in 1750 BC with, you know, Pharaoh in Egypt and enslavement. Um, I take them through 722 BC, 586 BC, the Babylonians, 322, I mean, all the way, 132 through 395 AD, 415 through 613 AD, 855 through 1189 AD, what else do I do? I take them all the way through. So I set the tone in the class by showing them this is not the first or only persecution against Jews, this World War II Holocaust. Jews have been persecuted since the beginning of time, practically. Um, and so let's look at what that means. Let's contextualize this particular Holocaust among the other many other um, Holocausts that have occurred in, in regard to the Jews. And then I take them to the stages of the World War II Holocaust. What was Germany like in the 1920s? How did World War I set the stage for a man like Hitler to come to power? How did the Nazis take power? What did it mean, what did it mean to define a Jew, right? The um, hmm. Nuremberg Laws, what did those, what effect did those have on Jews? The escalating violence, what it meant to follow orders, the people who resisted, including the Jews, the people, oh, why didn't they fight back? Of course they fought back. There are many examples of resistance 
resistance and many different types of resistance um, that we never hear about. And then I talked to them about bystanders and rescuers. Like, what does it mean? So th these uh, binaries, what does it mean to stand by and do nothing? And what does it mean to participate in some way, shape or form in rescue? I use the power of the memoir to teach my course as a vehicle. I don't, for me personally, my education philosophy is I don't want to use fiction to teach Holocaust. Mm. Um, I've I've done it before in the high school, and you know, required to do it there, and really um, would pair it with nonfiction. But I just I, I have a personal antipathy towards using fiction to teach the Holocaust. I think it. Um, it, it mitigates the, the power, the transforming power, the reality of what happened. And students are you know, apt to think, well, this is fiction, maybe it wasn't really that bad. And so I don't, I don't want them even going there. So I use memoir because they're really instructive texts, um, chief among which is Nobel Peace Prize winner Elie Wiesel's Night. I begin my course with Wiesel, and um, I continue the scholarship through several other important voices in Holocaust literature, Primo Levi, Gerda Weissman Klein, uh, Corey Ten Boom. And then I bring them into the contemporary anti-Semitism with people like David Patterson and um, David Badil and many others. Uh, you, I use your work in my class. Um, your friend McDermott, I use his work in my class. Many, many, many articles from many scholars, many ISCAP scholars who have written uh, wonderful, amazing, insightful, penetrating articles on these issues from the perspective of the social sciences or from history or from political science or from women's studies uh, or in my case, from the literary standpoint. So there's a lot of information out there in, in many different disciplines that students aren't always aware of. So I like to, I, I teach Holocaust literature via an interdisciplinary approach. I want students to see the intersections among and between the, um, the different areas, the different subjects. And so th that's where I start. It's kind of the overview, the skeletal framework of my course. What, what happens, <clears throat> we've talked about this before, um, the transformation in a student's heart uh, as they grow in this awareness, oftentimes student will take the course, they, they have a very, uh, you know, minimal awareness of what actually happened, the, the history of anti-Semitism. So what, what do you see at the end of the course, you know, the transformation in the heart of a student? The first thing I see is shock. They, they literal, literally are just, you know, dumbfounded, jaws hanging, mouths open by the information. And they often ask me, why doesn't this class have a history tag? Um, oh, wow. We tag our courses at school. And so it has a global global perspectives tag and a literary explorations tag. And so they're dumbfounded by the history to which they've never been exposed. And mm. then because of that burgeoning awareness, I see them develop a love for Jewish people, or if they had it before, I see them deepen their love for Jewish people. And they become really passionate about mm. educating others in order to offset or to mitigate the rise of contemporary anti-Semitism. I have students who email me on break, you know, over Christmas break, I'm showing my mom these articles right now and I'm making her read this book and she can't believe and I'm showing her my notes and mm, I have Asian wow. students who come to me and say I had no idea you know I, I thought only these minorities were persecuted I had no idea that Jewish people underwent all of this trauma and are still undergoing it today and and so they become really passionate about um, speaking out on behalf of the Jewish people and so that to me is uh, the most important 
um, moment in my course when students make a personal connection between the material, the literature, and their lives. And I saw that firsthand, and, and you had me come up, I think, in early December uh, to teach one of your classes on, on Christian anti-Semitism. You did an, ama an amazing, oh, my students thanks. are still talking about what they learned from you that oh, day. Oh, man. Well, but, but so they'd already been in the course for several months, and you know, by the time I got there, the, the course is coming in for a close, and these kids were just like putty. I mean, their hearts were open, their minds were open, they're, they're like, teach me. And you don't really see that a lot. So you, you did a lot of groundwork, Diane, in these courses that you're teaching. You, I mean, you're laying a solid foundation for, you know, creating awareness. And so I'm really thankful that there are evangelical scholars like you that are taking on this issue of teaching not only the Holocaust, but teaching present-day growing anti-Semitism within America and then globally. And you are a senior research fellow at the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy, ISGAP, based at the Wolf Institute, Cambridge University in the UK. And so as you study you know, with these scholars from literally all over the planet, uh, and you witness this exponential rise of anti-Semitism in America and beyond. How do you view curriculum development, education? How does that help push back against the, this growing tide of anti-Semitism? That's one of the most important issues we are addressing right now. And I know you are also working in that arena, and I'm really grateful that you're doing that. Um, because I know how, one, how passionate you are about these issues, and two, how much knowledge you have. And so um, I'm also a member of the Academic Steering Committee for ISCAP, and one of the things we're really focused on right now is curricula, and how do we create um, K through 12 lessons that are e can easily be imported into any classroom, any discipline, um, whether it's English or history or social studies or whatever it might be, to help teachers understand how to teach the Holocaust well. Because there are you know, multiple ways of teaching any one topic and they're not always effective. And so we want to create the most effective curricula for teachers to help them to do the work for them. They've got enough to do. I, I've worked uh, K through 12, they've got enough to do. Um, so what can we do to help um, sensitize students to the issues that the culture tends to ignore? Holocaust education helps push back against the growing tide of anti-Semitism because it provides students with reliable sources. So these sources help them to stay current. And again, it helps them recognize the things that the culture ignores, right? There's this staggering hypocrisy in our culture that elides contemporary anti-Semitism. There's little to no media coverage when Jews are victimized. Um, there's a, a strong relationship between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism that often is ignored. And we don't talk about or hear about the escalating danger to Jews, especially on college campuses. So if we begin Holocaust education early enough, and we teach it well, we will help create a generation of people who will offset those statistics that you cited at the beginning of the show when you talked about you know, these students who had no idea uh, what the word Holocaust even meant or had no idea, six million Jews died in the Holocaust. Um, those are really troubling, problematic statistics uh, that we need to work as educators to offset. That is, that's a powerful statement there Diane and I know that education <clears throat> is you know without it it's, it's it's education is like the one thing that doesn't give 
anti-Semitism uh, voice. It's, it's like it, it pushes back when you create an awareness of, of this growing tide of anti-Semitism. Holocaust survivor Eli Weisel, in his remarks at the opening of the Holocaust History Museum, Yad Vashem in Jerusalem, gave his reason why Holocaust education is necessary. And I'll, I'll close out the program with this quote. Here's what he said. And so we go through the museum, and what should we do? Weep? No, my good friends. We never try to tell the tale of the Holocaust to make people weep. It's too easy. We didn't want pity. We decided to tell the tale that it's because we want the world to be a better world, just a better world, and learn and remember. So thank you, Diane Martin, for helping us to learn and remember and to make the world a better place. Thanks for being on Israel and You. Appreciate it. And we'll see you all next time on Israel and You. God bless.